today is the um, last class of this semester, and this will actually be the uh, the end of five years of uh, these classes. Uh, we started in 2006, uh, in fall of 2006, uh, in a first uh, bed's house, uh, and then we moved in 2006 uh, October uh, uh, here to to this college. So from then, and I, I was telling that we started in your house in 2006. This will be five years. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. So, um, in the last class, you know, before that, um, now since this, will, this is the last class of the season, you know, I want to make sure, you know, you have some understanding. You know, if you look at uh, the, some books, which says, if once you go through this module, you should be able to answer these kinds of questions. You should be able to answer who is Pur what is Purusha, what is Prakriti, what does eternality of Jiva means, and all these things. Once you have gone through the session, you should be able to answer those. At least answer those, you know, if you, even if you don't remember other things, right? So, at the end of this class, you know, I will ask you a few questions and you should know the answers to all of those. Which is basically what is Purusha? and what are the characteristics of Purusha, and things like that. Why I say this is, see, in the tradition, you know, comprehension itself is three kinds. There are three kinds of comprehension. Knowledge comprehension is three kinds. One is called Pramana, right? This is, I'm, I'm telling this from Patanjali's uh, Yoga Sutras, right? One is Pramana, right? Other one is Vipariyaya. The third kind of comprehension is called vikalpa. Three, right? What is pramana? Pramana means knowing. It is a, pramana means evidentiary knowing. That means knowing something through evidence. As is through evidence is called pramana, right? What are the three kinds of pramanas? Okay, not seeing but direct experience, right? Pratyaksha. Pratyaksha. What's the other one? No, no. Seeing, hearing is all protection, right? There's all direct experience through the sense, right? That's one. What's the other one? Deduction. Yes. There is anumana, right? Inference, deduction, logical uh, uh, inference. And then the final one is what? Agama. That is through through the Vedas. That is, that which we cannot experience is known through the Vedas. Right? So there are three kinds of pramanas, Pratyaksha, Anumana, Agama. And these are all pramanas, that means knowing as is, right? through evidence. And the evidence here is experience or logical inference or Vedas, which is interpreted according to certain canons, right? Not, not just any, any kind of interpretation, but a certain kind of a canonical interpretation of Vedas is, these are all pramanas, right? That's one kind of comprehension. The other kind of a comprehension is called viparyaya. Viparyaya means error. That means you know something as it is not, not as it is. As it is is pratyaksha, or as it is is pramana, as it is not is viparyaya, error. Right? All these are fine. There is a third kind with, with, uh, which uh, Patanjali uh, talks about, 
and it is called as vikalpa vikalpik knowledge and that's what we all have a lot of us you know a lot of our thinking is made of vikalpa vikalpa means in a general sense vikalpa means confusion right but patanjali he describes vikalpa beautifully he says shabda jnana anupati vastu shunyo vikalpa right it means pramana has a reference to an object when i say a bottle of water you exactly know what i am talking about right a bottle of water viparyaya means you misunderstand it to refer to something else right that becomes error vikalpa means it is vastu shunya there is no reference right it is shabda jnana anupati just a word without a reference right so when we talk about these you know uh, bhagavad gita upanishads and all that there are lot of terms that we talk right but when you go and scratch at the surface and ask a few questions then you know that you don't know anything other than just talking those words right a lot of things you know what is jivanityatva you know we talk about jivanityatva but what is it actually in terms of you know knowing what it refers to right so those kinds of reference is not there right that that kind of knowledge where you know the word but not the reference is called as vikalpa right there are three kinds of comprehension that is pramana as is through evidence viparyaya as is not which is error and vikalpa where you know the words you can speak the words but you have no idea what the reference is right and a lot of things in the gita and the upanishads and usually uh, things that are sanskrit you know we know the words we can talk about all this you know jivanityatva ishvara uh, and all those things but the, what actually does it mean uh, we don't know we we can only understand that we don't know only when we try to question it right so why i am saying this is we we saw that krishna you know from um, mantra 16 right first in the beginning he was saying what is the cause of your dukkha arjuna let's see what is your cause of dukkha let's go deep into it he says is it the destruction of jiva swarupa no he says just like i am eternal jiva swarupa is eternal so it cannot be destruction of jiva swarupa is it the destruction of the body that's cause of grief krishna says dehino asmin yatha dehe kaumaram yovanam jara tatha dehantara prapti dhiras tatra namukhyati he says in this body itself the body keeps changing right and then uh, destruction of this body is natural so why is i mean it it cannot be a cause of grief destruction of the body itself is not a cause of grief right and the destruction of jiva does not happen and then are the sensations cause of grief he says sensations themselves they are not a cause of grief because matra sparshast kaunteya sheeta ushta sukha dukha daha agama painah anityah tam titikshasva bharata that is sensations themselves do not have a tag of pleasure and pain what what causes pleasure and pain sukha dukha what causes sukha dukha abhimana right it is abhimana or longing or attachment which causes grief it's neither the destruction of the jiva swarupa 
because it does, is not destroyed, nor is the destruction of the bodies of Bhishma, Drona, that causes grief, because that is natural, it is bound to happen, and it is happening every day as their bodies are changing. And it is not even, uh, you know, the sensations, but it is your longing for their speech, you know, their touch, their sight, that is causing the grief. It is from your side, right? The longing is from your side. And he says, Tam Titikshasva. At this juncture, you have to control, bear, endure it. Because, what did I say? What was the thing? Was it attachment or detachment? Attached detachment, right? It's neither attachment nor detachment. It is attached detachment. That's what Krishna is saying. Samadukha Sukha means enjoying when there is enjoyment and no qualms about giving it up and moving on. The moving on is philosophy is the philosophy of Hindu Dharma. Moving on is what you know, Hindu Dharma is about. Not being attached to anything, but not being detached also. Attached detachment, right? So he's talked about all this, right? He's talked about these three threads. Eternality of Jiva, destruction of the body, and then Abhimana. Now he is developing these three threads one by one. And that's what we saw in Shloka 16 when he says, Nasato vidyate bhavo, nabhavo vidyate sataha, ubhayorapi drushtaha, drushto antaha, anayoho tattvadarshibihi. He says, this eternality, how is this, how is jiva eternal? First of all, let me ask you this. You know, because we are talking about vikalpa, vikalpa and vikalpik knowledge. What does nityatva of jiva mean? Mean to you? Right? When we say jiva is nitya, what does it mean to you? First of all, what is nitya? No, no, nitya is not infinite. Always, al always being, right? Nitya means always being, right? Never going out of or never being exhausted. So Nitya means that. Now Jiva Nityatva means what? Right, but but no, no. To you, what does it? What does that mean? What does it signify? When I say, when Krishna is saying, Jiva is Nitya. What does it signify? Okay, let me ask you another basic question. What is soul? Ah, what is Atma? If I say what is soul, if I say Atma, then what is Atma? You cannot say it's soul. Without which you will not survive. Without which you will not no, no, no. No, that is all body. That's all body, right? All of these are body. Inner being. See, inner being is again vikalpik, right? What is inner being? Now, we want to resolve it to a level where we understand exactly what it refers to. Right? Again, see, we are talking words now. I'm, I'm, I'm saying in your own words, Without using Sanskrit and Upanishads and all that, in your own words, what is Jiva? Who is Jiva? Exactly. That means, the one who is seeing me, that is Jiva. The one who is hearing the words, that is Jiva. Right? Satchit, Ananda, all of those things comes later. 
But who is Jiva? Is the Jiva is the one who is experiencing. The experiencer is the Jiva. Right? If you are seeing me, the experience of sight, who is having that? You. Who is you? Jiva. Right? The body is facilitating it. But body is not experiencing it. The experience that is the end point. The end point is Jiva. Right? The same thing, the, the starting point of karma is again Jiva. No, it's Jivatma. Atma is like general, because it can be Paramatma or Jivatma. Right? But Jiva means I'm referring to Jiva, that's all. Atma means I can refer to both. Lack of, oh, but, but you can think, right? I mean, even, like I'm saying, person who experiences, even as a blind person also experiences, right? So that, who is the one who is experiencer? Right? That is Jiva. When I say you, you are Jiva as an experiencer, right? And the body is facilitating, right? So when we say Jiva Nityatva, what does it mean? What, what does Jiva Nityatva means? Nityatva means, so the experiencer that each one of us are, will never go away. That means what Krishna is saying is, today we are here experiencing each other, we are beginningless, we have been experiencing from eternity, and we will be experiencing in the future eternally. Right? That, it, that this experiencing will never go away. That is what Jiva Nityatva means. Basically, translated down to our level of thinking, that means as an experiencer I have always been I will always be, even though I do not remember Right? if you take away all the memory, I mean you don't remember or recall but you are still an experiencer so we do not recall eternity of existence and so we only recall some portions of it but in the future also Krishna says we will be eternally existing as experiencers. That is what Jiva Nityatva means. Eternal experiencers. Right? So that is, that is the thread that he is taking here. Jiva Nityatva. So to, what he is saying is, just taking that, that Jiva Swarupa will never get exhausted, will never go away. Why? Is the question. I mean, are there, when you say something never goes away, there are some, sometimes there are exceptions, you know, only in this exception case it might go away, you know, in some cases it might not. And there is another thing, that is, is Jiva eternal because of himself or because of some other thing? Because if, let's say, Ishwara or God is omnipotent, that means what is omnipotent? all-powerful, right? Unlimited power to do anything. That means how can, if Jiva is Nitya, then by, by his own nature, how can Paramatma be omnipotent? I mean, this, this comes in Western philosophy, where, you know, is if God is all-powerful, why can't he destroy himself? Is one of the questions that philosophers during the Renaissance and Enlightenment period, they ask this question. 
The same question could be asked here. And they, the commentators ask this question here. You know? And in one of the commentary, commentary of Raghavendra, he asked this question of if, if Jiva is eternal, that means God cannot destroy Jiva. That means how is God omnipotent? The eternality of Jiva will be against the omnipotence of Paramatma. No, we will leave all the reflection and all because that is the solution. Right? The solu- we are coming to the solution. But I'm saying, just the problem statement. Right? If you say one thing is eternal, that means nobody can destroy it. Right? And you say another one is all powerful, that can all powerful destroy that which is eternal? If it can, then the eternal is not eternal. If it cannot, then the omnipotent is not omnipotent. Because it is uh, chosen by the omnipotent power to have Jivatma that duration, and then the time comes, that omnipotency decides, becomes part of the omnipotency, or it is just a reflection of him? <laughs> no, what, what you are saying, you are talking about mukti, right? So, I mean, that's one school of thought, that, that Jiva becomes uh, Paramatma, right? Let, let's leave that portion. So, duality versus non-duality. No, even non-duality also means that eternality should always be there. Eternality as I am, or eternality as Paramatma. Right? That is another, that going to the next step. Right? Just in the problem statement itself, just the problem statement itself, without, without explaining, do you see a contradiction of eternality of Jiva and omnipotence of uh, Paramatma? But actually, you can only put it except in regard to Jiva. Yeah, no, no, you, so you cannot do that. But, but when you say eternity, eternity, what, what, that means, what you're saying is that's always experiencing. So till it is there, it's always experiencing. It didn't say it. It's, it's always there. So oh, it's, it is always there. Well, in the sense, always there in the sense, it is experiencing till it is there. At some point, if it doesn't exist... No, 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 no. That, that's, when we say something is nitya, there will not be any point where it will not exist. No, nitya means it will always exist. Right, but when you say experiencing yourself, I mean, if you don't experience it, if your experience turns off, that's it, right? You're not talking of someone else experiencing that you are always there. Are you, are you talking of that? Are you saying someone else experiences that you are always there or are you saying you experiencing that you are always there? No, no, no. I'm... I'm, I'm uh, say, you experience that you are there only in the body. Right? So let, let's say that that experiencer will change forms and come back again and again and experience. Right? But we, he as an essence will always be there. But, but will someone else also see that essence? Some other... No, when we are in the body, I see you. Yeah. No, no, but in the sense... Yeah, that's true, but I'm not talking of that. The eternity of it. Will someone else eternally watch me has always been there. Okay, let's say Paramatma is there. Right. Okay. That is only one source. But otherwise, the very fact that I experience myself or I experience everything else, only I know that. Exactly. So if I am not there, that that, that question itself doesn't arise. But Krishna is saying, there will not be a case where you will not be there. But, but, But that statement by itself talks only of that one. When you say you, you're only talking of yourself, you're not talking of... No, 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 when he, he's talking of Jiva, that means 
all jivas, there will never be a time when any of the jivas will not be there. That means any of, in this room itself, not just us, the bacteria, virus, everything as the, which, which the jiva exists in, in these all different kinds of bodies, they will always be there. They will always be there. Right? That is what Krishna says. Right? Natu eva aham jatu na asam natvam na ime janadipaha. There was never a time when I did not exist. Same is true with all of you. There will never be a time when we will never exist in the future. We will always exist. That is the basis of nityatva. Right? He is saying the jiva is nitya. There will never be a time in, when any of the jiva, even the virus jiva, will go out of existence. They will always be there. Okay? No, no. No, natu eva aham jatu asam natvam na ime janadipa. So, not, nor you, nor the kings of men. That means even the Atma, the Jiva, which is Arjuna and all the kings who have assembled to fight, you are all eternals, just like me. That's how he starts with this. That means you cannot have Dukkha because Jiva goes away. Right? Going to the, the, uh, the source or cause of Dukkha, he is referring to all this. Jiva does not go away, body is destroyed, that's not the cause of Dukkha. The Dukkha arises because of attachment. This is not the time for attachment. So these, that's the line of thinking in the last three shlokas. Now he is picking up the, the first part where he said Jiva is Nitya. Right? That means Jiva will always exist. Right? Jiva, Eternally. If Jiva is bought from Paramatma. We believe... No, no, I, I, what, 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 what you're telling is saying that Paramatma is saying I'm only born, I can do anything, I can destroy it. What you're saying is, okay, but can you destroy Jiva? No, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, so what I'm trying to say. What, what my you, question if you're saying, is... If you're saying, would Paramatma destroy himself? Right. This is the question, right? If you are omnipotent... Because he's part, Jiva is part of Paramatma. It's, it's part. Again, see, that, that will become... What does part of Paramatma mean, right? Now we will see, Krishna explains all that stuff. But let's not jump to that, right? My question is, does the omnipotence of Paramatma represent a contradiction for Jiva's eternality. No, it, it has to. Right? I mean, that means, you, I have the power to do everything, but I cannot kill the Jiva. That means I don't have the power to do everything. Right? That's omnipotence and the eternality of Jiva are contradicting each other. Beautiful. Because... That's the, because that's the next loka. Yeah, we'll do the next next loka. Okay, we, we do this, right? This this is one problem. Let's keep that aside. He, he said, and that, that was the... And then when Krishna said, Na asataha vidyate abhavaha, Na abhavaha vidyate sataha, Ubhayorapi drushtaha antaha tu anayoho tattvadashibihi. First thing, he says, Two things are eternal, he says. Prakruti and purusha are eternal. They always were, they always will be. Right? And I said, by the end of the session, you should know, you should be able to answer my question. What is Purusha? What is Purusha? <coughs> you, you are right. Embodied is correct. Embodied is correct. But I'm asking about, I, I showed you the diagram. 
Purusha has these characteristics. Prakriti has these characteristics. No, Subhava means it's nature. Right? Purusha, what characteristic does a Purusha have? Exact awareness one. You you all you said that. Such chit ananda, right? So the the something to be called purusha needs to have these three characteristics. Sat means it has to exist. Basic, right? Chit awareness, consciousness. It has ability to know. Right? Ananda. That means nature of bliss. Unlimited ananda. No, no. Bliss. bliss. Right. Innate bliss. So that's Sat Chit Ananda. Unlimited Ananda is Paramatma. Right? Sat Chit Ananda is, when I say Purusha, that means it has these three characters. Purusha is that which can experience awareness. Purusha is the. Everything. Animals, microorganisms, everything that exists, that moves, that is living has the jiva, right? So all of these are sat-chit, ananda by nature. Right? They are by nature sat-chit. That means they, by nature they exist. By nature they have the ability to know. And by nature they are blissful even though that bliss is veiled. Right? And that's why we experience dukkha. That's a different problem. Purusha means that three. Right? You should need, you should be able to define that. When I say prakriti, what is prakriti? No. Only sat. Right? Insentient. Ever changing. That means it doesn't have chit because it doesn't have the ability to know. And it is no ananda. I mean if you don't have ability to know, how will you have the ananda? Right? That's the basis for uh, this ananda's basis is chit. Right? Chit's basis is sat. So prakriti is that which is which is only properties that it exists and it is ever changing. It always changes. Prakriti always changes. Insentience always changes. The property of Purusha is it is and it is always the same. Right? It is the reference for the change of Prakriti. Purusha is always the same. So this is the I said by the end of the class you should be able to define these two terms Prakriti and Purusha. So you should remember this. So Purusha means three qualities, existence, awareness and innate bliss. Prakriti means one quality, that is just existence but ever-changing existence. So that is Prakriti and Purusha. He's saying, what Krishna is saying is, Purusha is, as, as Parabrahman, is ever-existing. He's giving the big picture. Same with Prakriti. Prakriti is ever-existing and ever-changing. So that cycle is eternal. Right? has no beginning, no end, Prakriti is ever-existing. Then he says, not just that, that has come through tradition, he says. We know that through tradition, not through experience. He says, then there is one criteria, he says, avinashi tu tadviddi yena sarvam idam tatam vinasham avyayasya asya nakaschit kartu marhati. Not just that, remember this criteria, he says, that is avinashi, indestructible, Yena sarvam idam tatam, by which everything is pervaded. That means that which is omnipresent is eternal. Yena sarvam idam tatam, tat avinashi. Right? 
So that which is omnipresent is always eternal, is eternal. And then, vinasham avyayasya asya nakaschit kartum arhati. That means, avyayasya asya vinasham nakaschit kartum arhati. Nobody has the capability to destroy that which is avyaya. What is avyaya? What is vyaya? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exert. Yeah, expenditure. Losing, right? Losing is vyaya, right? Labha vyaya is income and loss, right? So vyaya means losing. It says that which is omnipresent doesn't lose anything. It's everywhere, right? That which has the ability to lose is that is one that is destructible. That which has no loss can never be destroyed. Right? So, if something is vyaya, human body, is it vyaya or avyaya? Yeah. Why, why is it vyaya? It can be destroyed. No, it can be destroyed. But why can it be destroyed? That's the point. It is not omnipresent. No, it is correct. It's not omnipresent. That means it is vyaya. That means we are losing. That means we are maintaining this body in a certain this thing, right? We are gain, putting, feeding, we are losing, and it is in some equilibrium, and one day that will go, everything will go. But the thing is, because we are losing something, it is destructible, right? Anything which is destructible has the ability to lose. That means it will be a sum of parts. It can it, resolve back to parts. That which is not sum of parts can never be destroyed. It will be fundamental, right? So, what Krishna is saying is, avinashi tu tadviddi yena sarvam idam tatam vinasham avyayasya asya nakashit kartumarati. Come to your point. What, how many kinds of destructions are there? There are four kinds of destructions. There are four kinds of destructions. I mean, in Sanskrita, when we say something has, is nasha, there are four kinds. What are those four kinds of nasha? Swarupa nasha. Right? Swarupanasha, Dehanasha, Dukkha, Apurnata. Swarupanasha, Dehanasha, Dukkha, Apurnata. Four kinds. I'll explain what those four are. Example, right? What makes water water? It's what? No, it's not the form. I mean, you, you, let's say you can have two, uh, let's say, two different materials having the same form. H2O. H2O, right? So, the swarupa of water is what? H2O, right? H2O is the swarupa of water. So, when I say destruction of swarupa, what do, what do I mean? When I lose the H2O, it is no longer, you can no longer call it water, right? It may have the same form, but it, it doesn't have the same composition. If swarupa is not there, right? So the swarupa of water is H2O, right? That's a swarupa. What is the dea? Dea of water. Now, liquid, right? Let's say from ice to water, is it dehanasha or swarupanasha? Dehanasha. That means destruction of form, but continuity of essence, right? From water to steam, Dehanasha, Sorupanasha. Sorupanasha, it's always H2O. 
right? in steam also, right? So what changed is is form, right? So destruction of essence means what makes a thing that thing the H2O when that is gone, that is Swarupanasha. What makes the form the form when that is gone, that becomes Dehanasha, destruction of form, right? Destruction of Swarupa, destruction of form. Third one is Dukkha. That means destruction of happiness. You know, in Sanskrit, when they say, oh, he is, he is destroyed, a person is destroyed. That means when a person is lost his happiness and is in Dukkha in Sanskrit, they say, he is destroyed. You know, in, in, in colloquial, even in our languages, oh, he is destroyed, means he is, you know, he is in complete Dukkha. Right? That is, that Dukkha is also another kind of destruction. Right? That's Nasha. And finally, Apurnata. Apurnata means incompleteness. That is again a destruction. Not being able to complete is again destruction. So there are four kinds of destruction. Right? That, that's the four kinds of destruction. Now, Paramatma has what? How many kinds of destructions? Correct. That's why he is avinashi to the truest sense. Because is neither there destruction of essence, is there destruction of form, is there destruction, I mean he is complete, right? He is purna. So there is no apurnata. And then finally, there is no dukkha. He is always ananta, right? Satchit ananta. So he is always complete. And he is always, no, there is no kinds of destruction. What about jiva? How many kinds of destruction can a jiva have? Which is what your question was. How many kinds of what? How do you define destruction? Right. So how how many kinds of destruction can jiva have? I mean, can can we have? Or can jiva have? Yeah. Okay. What what are those three? Except for exactly. Right. Dehanasha we have. Right. Sorupanasha. When we say jiva nitya. It means only Swarupa. By essence, we will always be there. By form, we will be virus, whatever, bacteria, animals, anything. Right? That's, we have destruction of form. Then, Dukkha. Do we have Dukkha? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is one, we have that destruction. Do we have Apuranata? Are we all perfect? <laughs> so, we have three kinds of destruction, one kind of indestructibility. Right? So, of the four, to be truly indestructible, you have to be indestructible in these four senses. Sorupa, Deha, Dukkha, Apurnata. No, no, I don't know. What, what do you mean by it is this? Okay. Well, you just said that uh, the, uh, the Supreme Mother is, is omnipresent. Correct. So, which is present in rocks and stones and everything. Yeah. Even the inanimate. Right. Which then uh, questions the definition of the inanimate, right? If, you, if something is all pervading, uh -huh. the inanimate uh, does not have a jiva. Little technical difficulty. No, no, no. no. 
I mean, God is all pervading even in this body. Even in the stone. Even in the stone. Right. Right. But it doesn't have a jiva there. Highly destructible. So there is a little uh, level shift there. But how how is it connected? Con- connected to the basic definitions. Right. Right. If something is all pervading. Yeah. It has to have the qualities of the all-pervasive, right? Prakriti is nothing but uh, stones and mud. Oh, no, 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 no. But Prakriti as a whole is indestructible. So I mean, I said... Changes form. Changes form, right? Stone is a, is a sum of parts. You can resolve it into parts. But will the parts go away? No, it's some form or the other. It appears in some form or the other, right? Look at the sum total of Prakriti. Right? Prakriti is all changing means... Yeah, you, you you can break a stone. The yeah. Constancy, yeah, but I think that's one attribute that you can uh, say is you know, connected. But right. uh, the fact that there is no uh, jiva and that the all-pervading can be there, but there is no jiva, is a little. You know. But uh, it's not connected. I I don't understand why, how you connect those two. Well, maybe like <coughs> a sidebar. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's thing. that's the thing, right? Avinashi to Tadviddhi. He's talking about that. Finally, now it comes to Jiva. Now, Jiva is what? Vyapta or Anu? What is Jiva? Anu, right? Jiva is Anu. What, what is the difference between Vyapta and Anu? Anu. Vyapta is destruction. No, no. Vyapta. By... Exactly. Vyapta means spread out. Right? Anu means being at one point. As to... And spread. There are two kinds. One is Vyapta, that means that which is spread out. And Anu means that which has only, has a locus of one point. A certain, it has a certain position, not many points, right? So, so Jiva is not Vyapta. Jiva is Anu. Right? Anu means has a certain point, position, that's it. Now, that means Jiva is not omnipresent. Right? Now, what makes Jiva eternal then? Krishna said, that which is omnipresent is eternal. Then he has also said, Jiva is eternal. Now he is also saying, Jiva is Anu. What makes Jiva eternal then? It becomes Prakriti. It becomes Prakriti. No, no. No, Prakriti is the, the body. That no, which Jiva Anu is there. Like, you know, as you said, you know, stones, you know, you can... Become, yeah, but Jiva is... It still exists. Correct. So, the Anu will be... Exist. No, Jiva, you, you cannot make parts of Jiva also. I know, but it is Anu. It is Anu, yeah. It exists like... No, but the thing is, why is it indestructible? Why is not exhausted? It's an Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no physical form. It's, yeah, of course. Jiva means it has no physical form, right? We are talk, only talking about essence. It has no physical form. But where does it derive the eternality? Yeah, okay, you went a step ahead. Right? So it is not, you, you say it's not intrinsic to it. Because it is not omnipresent. So the, it is not intrinsic to itself. Right? Now Krishna says, in the next sloka, Antavanta ime deha nityasya ukta sharirinaha anashinaha prameyasya tasmad yudhyasva bharata. Ime deha, all these bodies, they are what? 
Do, can we have eternal body sometime? In one of the lives, I will have an eternal body. Sanjeevi. Uh, no, not Sanjeevi. What is that? Uh, Nitya Jeevi. So, no bodies can be eternal. Right? No body can be eternal. So, antavanta ime dehaha means all of these bodies are antavanta. What is antavanta? Will have an end. Every body will have an end at some point of time. It will be in microseconds, seconds or hundreds of years or millions of years, but one day it's going to end. There will be no body that will be permanent. Imedeha, but still jiva is nitya. Nityasya ukta sharirinaha. Right? The shariri, the, the, the jiva is always eternal, but none of his bodies are eternal. So it is not because of the body that the jiva is eternal. Because all the bodies will end. Even the sukshma sharira, even the jnana will one day end if we become muktas. Right? Every, so that means it's like a mirror which has an image. Right? The, you can destroy image in how many ways? You have an image in a mirror. How can you destroy the image in a mirror? In how many ways can you destroy? You can destroy the mirror. Right? You can destroy the source. Right? So, huh? Yeah, so the thing is. If the jiva is in the body, and the body is like the mirror, and in Samskrita, I mean, the, see, the, this portion of the Gita is the hardest portion. So I'm trying a lot to explain it, because after that, Krishna is, Gita is very simple. You know, just like in the first chapter, it was very dramatic and very simple, right? And then we hit this chapter, and suddenly it went to the Upanishad level, and then another five slokas, it will come down to our level, right? So, you will have to bear with all these explanations, because these, this is what Krishna is trying to say, and then he will come back to his simple explanations. Right? So, in Samskruta, this mirror is called Upadi. Upadi means a medium to hold something. That's an Upadi. Right? So, if that means uh, you, the, a mirror that, which holds an image. That mirror is an Upadi, a medium. Right? And, and the image is the reflection. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an aware, yeah, chit, he's chit moving from one to another. Correct. It takes, a, yeah, it, it takes another form, but the same awareness. I mean, I, I shouldn't say same awareness, because the awareness depends on the tools provided in that body. I mean, if I'm born as a dog, I'll think like a dog, right? If I'm born as a man, I'll think like a man. So, again, our think, even though there's chit, the, the chit means the ability to know, but how, what will I know, how will I know, is dependent on what prakriti is giving. My brain is, right? My brain, if it's like a brain of dog, think like a dog. A brain of a, whatever, of a, not a brain of a virus, but now, uh, like a virus or bacteria, I'll behave like that. Experiencer, which is the brain, and 
<laughs> right. It's, that's where the gap is between the two. Yeah, the, the dog is thinking based on the resources that the prakriti has provided in the brain of the dog. Right? Exactly. That's why they say human life is the, the best. Because, not, not the best because we are the best. Best because we have the tools to do things that take us beyond the samsara. Yeah. Right? So, none of the animals can do sadhana. Only man can do sadhana. Because man has the buddhi, which none of the others have to that extent as in man. Right? So, man, it's only man who can do sadhana and become mukta. Krishna is Ishwara. Krishna is another level. I mean, it's a different level of uh, awareness or consciousness. Right? So, what he's saying is, all the bodies are destroyed. What is the medium that jiva is eternal in? Right? Antavanta ime deha nityasya ukka sharirinaha. Does the karma keep it going on? Yeah, no. karma, is, karma is accruing to the jiva. Right? But it is still, karma is also not in the jiva, but karma is in one of the uh, casing of the jiva. Right? It is in the sukshma sharira and all that. Is it karma that keeps it eternal? Right? No, 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 no. No, karma doesn't keep, karma keeps the jiva in the samsara. Right. But eternal, he is eternal, you know, by itself. But what brings a person, you know, being born and experiencing happiness and, and sadness in this life, that is karma. But it doesn't, nothing keeps jiva eternal. Right? None of these karma, none of these things keep jiva eternal. Right? So, not even upadi, not even the bodies. Because there is, I said, the destruction of the physical body, there is another, inside there is another, what? Sukshma Sharira. What is Sukshma Sharira? <laughs> yeah, but what is Sukshma Sharira? See, what is Sharira? Basically, that's a, a tool, right? That we can use. That is, Sharira means that, a right? tool that we can use. Stura Sharira means we know, it's a physical body, this gives you physical tools to act and react and all that. Sukshma Sharira, what kinds of tools Sukshma Sharira gives you? Manas, Manas, Correct. Manas, Buddhi, Ahankara, Chitta. Those are the four resources that Sukshma Sharira gives you. Right? So, and then you have Adnyana. So, even though we lose the physical body, we still have the Sukshma Sharira always. That means we keep one coat always. We keep removing that exactly that thing that Krishna explains when he says, Vasamsi Jirnani Yatavi Haya. You know, one going from one body to another body is like taking, you know, off clothes and putting on new clothes. That's the exact explanation he gives, Krishna. That means, what is it? We always wear one, one cloth. On top we are wearing another jacket. We remove that jacket, take another jacket and wear it. Right? That karma is there in the, in the internal coat. The stura sharira is in the external jacket that we have and we remove. Right? That is the Stula Sharira. Right? So, Stula Sharira, Sukshma Sharira, and then you have Agnana. Right? So, these are the three, ca three casings of the Jiva. Right? The intelligence itself is a part of the body. Right? But the. Yes, it's a part of the body. So, if you say that Jiva goes to another body, it doesn't carry the same. No, it 
carries, it doesn't carry the same intelligence, but it carries the karma which will create the body as an intelligent body. But, but the, what Atma provides is the ability to know. But I mean, even the dead is, has the ability to know, right? But how you, how you can comprehend is what makes you intelligent or not. But that is dependent on the body. But the karma that you create, creates a body which will be intelligent or not. Right? That's the, that's the difference. All of them. Yes. Manas, buddhi, ahankara, chitta. Chitta is the whole of memory, all of experiences. Oh. oh, no, 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 no. Okay, then we have to come from Vikalpa back down to... So, what manas means what? Sankalpa, when we say, oh, his manas has gone crazy, what do we, what do we mean? No, not judgment. Thinking process, right? Manas means sankalpa vikalpatmakam manaha. That means... When you are making plans, manas is acting. When you are thinking of options, manas is acting. That means when you are thinking, just thinking, manas is acting. That's thinking. Buddhi is above that. Buddhi means nishchayatmakam, judgment. Buddhi doesn't mean intelligent. Buddhi means a faculty of judgment. Nishchayatmakam. When you, when, when you have a couple of choices, you say, okay, let me go with that. When you make the nishchaya, that is buddhi. Right? That buddhi is, is nishchaya, nishchayatmaka. Ahankara is self-awareness. Chitta is smaranatmakam, right? memory. Chitta is memory. So these are four. We carry these four. We have to carry, right? Otherwise, there is no continuity from one life to another life. If No, no, memory carries as samskaras, not as particulars, but as habits. Right? That's why they say samskara, vasana. That means the particulars are gone, but the, the, the kind of habit and kind of thinking that you had, that is, that is uh, carried over. That becomes, you know, like the, the instinctive, when we are born with certain capabilities, that is all brought from the other, uh, other lives. Right? Those capabilities are, are samskaras that are created from other lives. When you have children, have you transmit any of your mother to your offspring? No, no, no. So when they say, oh, he's like his grandfather, or he has this characteristic, his grandmother, does that come from? See, the, the, the child and father and all of these are in the level of prakriti. Jiva, like the jiva does not transfer any of its manas, buddhi, prakriti, I mean manas, buddhi, chitta, and any of those things to the, to the other generation. What they get is what they have earned from their previous life. Right? But the body in which they are born will be through the body in which we are. Right? The, the relationship of son, daughter and all of these are body relationships, not the chitta, uh, not the jiva relationships. Right? Last time I told you about that. The, the relationship of the, the, the son and daughter and father and mother, all of these are the body relationship and not the Jiva relationship, because I told you there is a story in Bhagavata where a son is dead and the parents want the son to come back and you know they, they do all this tapas and you know they ask the guru, why don't you bring him back and the guru goes and uh, contacts the son and he says, your father is calling, 
And the, and the son says, who is, who, who is the father? The father was for that body which is already dead. He is not my father. I have no father, he says. So, Jiva himself has no father, mother, nothing like that. Right? But who has father is the body. Right? The body has father, mother, not the Jiva. Yeah, everything genetics is all uh, the uh, body uh, prakriti related. Chitta chitta problem. No, that, that is, uh, you know, Buddha is also intelligent, Chitta is also intelligent. I mean, they will, call, they will translate that way. But Sanskrit has definite meanings. So, which means consciousness can be developed of intelligence. That is pure awareness. Does not have intelligence. Then. What do you mean by intelligence? Well, I guess some superior faculty correlate things. And if consciousness is just the ability to be aware, yeah. then technically the awareness level of it, the Jiva potential of a dog and a man are the same. That is what I've been saying now. So there's no difference. There's no difference. It's a virus, dog, man, Einstein, anybody, everybody has the same Jiva potential just to be aware. Exactly. And there is not much of differentiating intelligence. That is in the brain of the dog. In the brain only. Yeah. But at the level of the Jiva, we are the same as a dog. Exactly. But I mean, karmas are different. Why it landed in dog's place and why you are in human's place? Your karma is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The jiva is asking through the body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's like, I mean we see, we will see that. I mean Krishna is going to develop the topic later, but still, the dog and the man, the essence are the same. I mean I'm not just dog. The bacteria and man essence is the same. Because the reason for discomfort with that idea is only because if consciousness is just knowing and being aware. Right. Like a screen or whatever, like a mirror. It's not as great as it's supposed to be compared to the faculty of figuring things out. Just knowing, right? Just yeah. being aware. I mean, you aware means you don't have to figure things out. It is as is you know. Oh, you know. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know as is. Right? So that's what, that's called Sakshi. Sakshi, yeah. yeah, Sakshi means you know as is. Yeah, you don't have to read and and, and, and uh, you know do some logical thinking. You know as is. Right? Yeah. That is. Uh, I have a question regarding the passing on, like heredity. Yeah. No, no, samskaras are not passed. Samskaras are, are you engine, I mean, you, you give it to the generation. No, no, through culture. You develop samskara through culture, but samskara means your impressions. Like, you know, growing up, I used to do this puja. My mom used to make me do, you know, this. I used to say, no, I will not do it, but she'll hold me and take me to the puja room and do this puja. Now I remember it was so great. I was, you know, I didn't, I hated it that time. Now I love it. What is that? Samskara. That means that, what, that all these impressions in the childhood and all that, 
you all you have all those things and now you recall it that is samskara how is samskara generated in the society right and in and, and indian traditions are the great way of generating the samskaras through you know all this communal activities right society culture it's it's not physical at all it's cultural but in the jiva level yeah it is it is from the pre- i mean it's like how did you land up in a place where you could get samskara your previous karma right you you might have landed somewhere else where you would never have good samskaras but in, you know but in turn you landed somewhere where you can have good samskaras no karma is karma is also not part heredity is only body heredity is everything that is in the prakriti side is all heredity body relationships everything is prakriti side purusha side there is only one relationship we'll see what that relationship is other than that there is jiva has no other relationships right so antavanta ime deha nityasya ukta sharirina anashinah prameyasya tasmat yudhyasva bharata why is jiva eternal he says because the relationship between the paramatma and the jiva is like the relationship of a source to its reflection right and what is what that means it is like it is not exactly that the relationship is like that what is the relationship of a source and its reflection why would how would you or why when would you call something a reflection of a source no no i'm generally i'm saying it's like it's similarity then what's the other one two things similar cannot be reflection let's say two things are very similar do you say one is reflection of another one is dependent correct right two things sad kinchit sadrashyam and then paratantra two things dependence complete dependence and some similarity that is what it makes the relationship one of source and reflection right now what what krishna is saying is the relationship between the jiva and the paramatma is like a source and its reflection right so it means jiva is sat why because paramatma is sat jiva is chit why paramatma is chit jiva is ananda why paramatma is ananda jiva is nitya why paramatma is nitya this is from this is beautifully explained in katopanishad i don't know if you guys remember nityo nityanam chetanas chetananam eko bahunam yo vidadati kaman tamat tam atmastam ye anupashyanti dhiraha tesham sukham shashvatim na itaresham upanishad says he he is the eternal of the eternals it says what does it mean i mean you are eternal i am you are always there i am always there why will you become when will you become eternal of eternals you know two things always are is let's say two things always exist you say this is eternal you say this is eternal suddenly you come and say this is eternal of eternals I mean, they are both eternal why is one eternal of eternals nityo nityanam 
then chetanas chetananam why why is this both are eternal both are both are chit parmatma is chit jiva is chit parmatma is uh, nitya jiva is nitya why don't you say he is nitya he is nitya okay one is like omniscient let's say omniscient that's fine but why do you call when you say somebody is king of kings what does it mean he is some extra right some extra quality should be there what is that extra when you say eternal of eternals nitya nitya naam nitya he is not dependent on exactly exactly it means he is independently eternal everything else is dependently eternal means we are eternal because he is eternal he is eternal not because we are eternal he is eternal because of himself swatantrya paratantra right that is the exact, that is the meaning of the upanishad nityo nityanam means this is the thing you are also always there i am also always there why are you special then not me because you have inherent capability of being always there i am dependently capable of being always there because you are i am that's the same way that's the same when it says chetanas chetananam you know therefore i know you give me the ability to know therefore i know that is uh, that is the dependent the dependence and independence right so that is what he is saying krishna is saying that yes we are eternal we are chit ananda and all that but all these are reflections of or brahman right that's a that's a beautiful concept so all of these are completely dependent on parabrahman and there is some similarity of essence because we are also chit we are also ananda he is also chit he is ananda but he is ananta infinite therefore yeah therefore we are like a that's the explanation of concept of god yeah so that is so that i said there is only one relationship for the jiva what is that relationship exactly there is only jiva has a relationship not to the father or mother only to god there is one relationship body has relationships to your friends relatives and all that jiva has only one relationship to parmatma as its pratibimba right parmatma is always the bimba right and there is a beautiful uh, not just that i mean the concept develops even further um, if you say, let's how, what's the time yeah let's go through the next mantra ya enam vetti hantaram yaschainam manyate hatam ubhautau na vijanita na ayam hanti nahanyate these two mantras this mantra and the next mantra are directly from katopanishad gita and katopanishad are like this krishna uses mantras as it is from katopanishad right this this is in katopanishad this mantra exact mantra is from katopanishad and he is saying there are the two qualities are dependence and similarity right similarity and dependence that means eternality is similar because we are like god because he has given us that ability right so now with those two ideas he says we have heuristically we go around in this life you know with certain kind of thinking you know you can say heuristic thinking to make 
quick decisions, right? We use some heuristic rules of thumb to figure things out. You know, what you are thinking. Now look, your, look at your face. If you're doing like this, he's bored, right? Maybe you're thinking something else, right, sir? So we have this quick thing to judge what the other guy is doing, right? This is called heuristic thinking. I try to make uh, judgments based on a few things, a quick judgment. So that makes it easier to go around, navigate in life, right? That's heuristic thinking. So that's, that's, what, that's the kind of psychological thinking we do every day, right? Now, some of the thinking that we do naturally, they are not actually right. Krishna is now taking two things. He says, Ya enam vetti hantaram. Enam. This, this jivatma, if you think he is the killer, if somebody thinks jivatma is extinguished, ubhautau na vijanitaha, na ayam hanti na hanyate. Both of them do not know, for he does not kill, nor is it killed. Two concepts. Why is it not killed? Is nitya, right? So that thinking that when somebody is dead, bodily, his jiva is gone, is faulty, right? When somebody is killing the act, if somebody thinks, I killed, Krishna says, that is also wrong thinking. He says, Nayam Hanti, this guy is not killing. Nor is it getting killed. Getting killed part we understand, right? Jiva is indestructible. So the body is destroyed in the act of killing, but Jiva still exists. So getting killed, if I think that Jiva is extinguished, I know it's wrong thinking. But killing, Krishna says, nobody kills anybody. How do you explain that? Na ayam hanti, na anyate. No, 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 no. That is one part. Even when you are killing the body, you are not killing, Krishna says. You are not killing. That is your thinking. You are not killing, he says. No, no, no. <laughs> it will work in a code of law. But we will have to go through that. Now, now Krishna is saying when A kills B A has actually not killed B not, not because B is indestructible I am talking about B's body B's jiva is indestructible I know that's, that's the second part of the shloka I should say mantra because whatever is there in the Upanishads are mantras Whatever is there in the other Puranas and Gita and all that Smritis, they are shlokas, right? Mantra. Because this is from Katopanishad, it's a mantra. In this mantra, Krishna says, if A kills B, even though it's B's body, A is not killing. He says. I think the intent comes from his uh, previous, uh, you know, karmas or habits and all that. Ultimately, it doesn't help with the moral case for being, uh, you know, non-reactive and all that. You, you, you tend to have more, more latitude. In no, the no, no. It's all fine. Leave all that part. When Krishna says, when A kills B, A is not killing B, in what way? 
can you ha can you explain it in any way where A is not killing B? It's a duty could be a duty. It's a karma. A huh? duty. What? What? <laughs> Yes, that is not in complete control. There are so many processes that go through for killing. Exactly, right? He is not doing it himself. We have this illusion of agency, right? The illusion of agency is A does B, right? You say, example is, I turn the switch, I turn the light on, you say, right? Yeah, you turn the light on, it's fine. Next time you turn the light on, there is no light. Why? Okay. So why you said I turned the light on? Right? You should, then you say, I'll correct myself. I turned the switch on, you say. And there was electricity and the light came. Right? Okay, fine. There's electricity. Next time you turn the switch on, light didn't come. What happened? No, he worked. I mean, he turned the switch on. The bulb was bad, right? How can you say, I turned the light on? You cannot say, right? The bulb has to be right. The wiring has to be there, right? The electricity has to be there. There. Then when you go minutely and go and see, you know, in your own body, the nerves have to generate the correct, you know, you have to have the ability to move your arms, you know. All of these factors come into being for just one thing, turning the light on. And we make it a simple one sentence. I turned the light on. Conveniently abstracting every other detail, infinite, like millions of processes, a process that go into this act of turning the light on. And we give ourselves the agency. I turned the light on. Right? Until the light was coming on, I would say, I turned the light on. One day the light didn't come on. Then I know, I turned the switch on. Right? And then I say, I turned the switch on. The electricity was not there, it didn't come. Okay, okay. I do not control the electricity. I do not control the light bulb. I control my action and all those things. Right? So... This agency, Krishna, this is a huge topic in Gita. This is, we are scratching the surface, right? He's saying, there is this illusion of agency that we completely and conveniently abstract it and put, give to ourselves, I did it. Not taking into consideration the millions of causal chains that come together for a certain act to happen, Right? There are so many things that are contributing for this, but we conveniently say, I did it. Right? So, that is the illusion of agency. But even to do sadhana and all that, some exertion of, you know, No, no, exertion is there. No, no, exertion. There is no... See, there are two things. Giving oneself the agency and exerting are two different things. Right? I did it. Means you are conveniently discarding every other thing that caused it. Right? So, there is, you know, in whatever be Islam, you know, whatever things be in Islam, they have a beautiful concept. Exactly from Gita. Whenever they say beautiful thing, they say, Subhanallah. 
right? And and whenever you know they want something to happen, they say Inshallah. Not my parents, but my grandparents used to say Bhagavad Chitta. In Bhagavad Chitta, it has to be in Bhagavad Chitta, it will happen. Exactly like Inshallah, God willing, it will happen. It is the, that's a that is exactly the concept of Bhagavad Gita. Subhanallah means glory be to God. When they see a beautiful thing, the beauty is not in the thing. The beauty is the reflection of God. The thing that is beautiful is just a mirror that's reflecting it. Right? Exactly Kathopanishad. Natatra Suryo Bhanti Na Chandra Tarakam Na Imaha Natatra Suryo Bhanti Na Chandra Tarakam Nemaha Vidyuto Bhanti Kutoya Magnihi Tameva Bhanta Manubhati Sarvam Tasya Bhasa Sarvamidam Vibhati means so the, the, the sun will not reveal him to you nor will the moon nor will the stars nor will the lightning why? because it is his light that is shining them it is his light that they follow what can sun light him when he is lighting the sun right so that is Upanishad is saying so that means what we see is the shine what we don't see is the source from which this shine is coming. And the, and the, the concept of Subhanallah, you know, it's even though, you know, it may be from, from, uh, from Middle Eastern thing, exactly from the Upanishadic thought, because whatever is great is not in the object, but it is the glory is in the source. This, this is the subject matter of Vibhuti Yoga. Krishna talks about all these great things. You know, it says, Adityanam Aham Vishnuhu. You know, of, of all these things, I am, of all the mountains, I am Himalayas. Of all the rivers, I am the Ganges. In all these things, he says. What he is saying is, that which is Pradhana, that which is famous, is not famous because of itself, but because of, he says, reflection of the speck of my glory. He says in the Vibhuti Yoga. That means, the greatness, like the greatness of Michael Jordan or Sachin Tendulkar, is not that they play very well because that greatness is, is a reflected glory of God, right? That's, that's reflected through them. Their greatness is because they are the medium, right? So in the, in the Hindu thinking, that is the great thing is a medium for the glory to come out. But whatever exists is the glory of God itself, right? I think at this point, it will be a very good stopping point so that you want to know more in September. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's do the prayer. Om Vasudeva Sutam Devam Kamsachanura Mardanam Devaki Paramanandam Krishnam Vande Jagat Gurum Om